Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. I want to invite you to turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 2. Deuteronomy chapter 2, and as I begin to think about um, and just seek the Lord for a message for this week, he brought me back again to the cusp of Canaan's promised land as the children of Israel make an approach for the second time. Uh, interesting thing about thresholds in our lives, interesting thing about barriers that we encounter is that it's not often that we just get to the borderline one time. But we will find certain frustrations in life that we will encounter time and time and time again. We will, we will approach that threshold. We will hit that glass ceiling, as it were, over and over again, oftentimes, before we'll, we're ever able to break the plane or to break through and experience something new and fresh in our own lives. And as I began to seek the Lord, I was reminded so much of last week's message, how we talked about possessing the promise. And uh, if you remember that from last week, if you weren't here, I encourage you to go back and, and pick that up on the podcast or just go to the archive and watch that uh, message again. But there were, the God's people were there on the brink of God's abundant blessings in their lives. And it was their own fears and disbeliefs that kept them out. And because of that, you know that there was a pronouncement. I hope that, you know, just show of hands, how many of you went back and read the whole first five chap books of the Bible just to catch up with us? Amen. Awesome. Good deal. Somebody took me up on that. But, but just following along there with that whole narrative of the Exodus, you know that once the children of Israel got there and they said, listen, the giants are too big, we estimate ourselves too little, and we have suspicions of how others see us, therefore, we're not going in and taking the land that God promised to us. So because of that, God pronounced on that entire nation that they would wander in the wilderness until that generation of people who had denied God's power in their lives to bring them into the abundant promises had passed away and those that remained were, were someone who had not seen all of the things that God had done. You understand this, there was a generation of people, they only had heard about some of the mighty things that God had done. The people who denied that God was able were people who had seen firsthand that God was able, as Pastor Lisa just talked about, to part the Red Seas and to deliver miraculously. And here they are. So can you imagine with me wandering around in circles in the desert for 40 years? And the greatest hindrance to the Israelites receiving everything that God had in store for them was not their enemies. It was not their own inabilities, though they were prevalent. It was their own attitude concerning the promises of God. It was their own attitude concerning their walk with God, their faith in God, God's ability in their lives. And because of a prevailing sense of disbelief, they never sought the change that was necessary for them to experience 
all that God had in store for them. I want to show of hands right now. Who wants all that God has in store for you? Who wants, who just would say, God, I need more of you than I did yesterday. I need everything that you have in store for my life. And, and here they are. And because of that prevailing sense of disbelief, they never sought the change because you've got to understand that if you expect to get different things, sometimes you're going to have to do different things. And instead of them having an attitude that says, you know what, God promised me this. God has empowered me for this. Therefore, I can have this. They had a sense or a mindset that said, I'm not, I can't, and therefore I won't. And I believe that, you know, their thoughts were that they were only delivered from slavery unto death. We see that prevalent in the scriptures. And their thoughts were thoughts of starvation and destruction. We see that prevalent in the scriptures. And even when they saw with their own eyes God's blessings and how he had provided for them, they stood in disbelief and said, I'm not able to stand before this enemy. I can't overcome it, and I'm not even going to try. The sad thing is that there are still people in the church today who are just like the children of Israel then. They are reluctant to make a change in the course of their lives to experience all the blessings that God has in store for them. The sad reality is, though, that it's like a strong pot of coffee that's over here brewing. We can smell it, but we never get the opportunity to taste it. Though the word, the word of the Lord said, you've been in this place long enough God said it then, and it still holds true today. It's time to change your spiritual scenery and get up and move into the next level of God's blessing for your life. Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. These people have been wandering now for 40 years in the wilderness because of their reluctance to go in and take hold of God's possession and God's blessing for their lives. And then the word of the Lord comes to them. Deuteronomy chapter 2. And he says, then, the word, then we turned and we journeyed into the wilderness of the way of the Red Sea as the Lord spoke to me. And we skirted Mount Seir for many days, and the Lord spoke to me, saying, You have skirted this mountain long enough. Turn northward. Change course. You've been going through the motion year after year, week after week. You've been doing that long enough. It's time for a significant change in your spiritual scenery. It's time for you to turn north. And by saying turn north, it's indicative that God's saying, it's time for you to turn towards the direction of my promise for your life, the fullness of what I have for you. And it's time for you to quit messing around in the wilderness and get after the promise of God. And I want to tell you something today, church. I believe it's time for the church of the living God to set a new course. It's, it's time for the church of... Have you ever heard of missional drift? 
It's when there's an intended purpose for your church, your organization, whatever it is, and, and you get so tied up in the minutia of the day to day to day that you lose sight of it, and before you realize it, you're no longer pursuant of the end that you're intended to achieve. You're just simply going through motions, burning up energy, wasting resources, but you're never really getting to where you need to get to. And I believe that the church, the great hazard of the church of Jesus Christ is that we so often get tied up in cycles of missional drift. We forget about lost people. We forget about the availability of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We forget about the, the manifestation of spiritual gifts, the operation of the Holy Spirit. We forget about the kingdom of God and we get more focused on the things of this earth and we get all upset and we wring our hands and therefore we get caught in a cycle of missional drift. But I believe today the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church you've circled that thing long enough you have beat that drum long enough you've gone around that place long enough it's time for you to turn and head towards the promise and the intended purpose for which I have called you out of darkness and into my marvelous light And I want to ask you today, does anybody here today need a victory? Does anybody here today need a change of course? Maybe you need a change of course in your health, in your family, in your finances, in your personal life. Jesus is ready to deliver whatever you have need of this morning because he has already been victorious over the thing that you have need of. Over every situation that you have encountered or will encounter, he stands victorious. He's already took care of it at the cross. There's nothing, I repeat, nothing that stands against you that can stand up to what God has done for you. Is anybody ready for a change in life this morning? Is anybody sick and tired of being sick and tired? Is anyone ready to take back what the enemy has been stealing from them for far too long? Is anybody with me today who's ready to stand up and proclaim, I am by the strength and the grace of God. I can because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I will because my God said I could. I'm ready to make the changes necessary in my life that the Lord wants me to so that I can walk in and enjoy the abundant life and the good things that he has promised to me. You all know, just be honest, how many of you have Jeremiah 29, 11 as a magnet on your refrigerator? Yeah. And we'll help the rest of you because you've got it posted somewhere. I know you do. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and to give you a future and a hope. But the accuser will tell you that you're not worthy of God's goodness and blessing in your life. That's not what God's word has to say about the situation. However, when God said, when God said he wants you to have the abundant life that he promised you, he meant it. Me and Pastor Lisa, we have this thing 
And we just say, when I tell you, when I tell you X, Y, and Z, I mean X, Y, and Z. You know, we're real serious about it. And when God tells you that he came for you to have life and life more abundantly, he means that you, he came for you to have life and to have it more abundantly. I mean, that's what he means. You know, we don't, you know, we don't need so many things we sit around and we pray for and we pontificate and we try to figure out exactly what did God mean when he said, I heard somebody one time who had, of, I heard of somebody one time who had actually formulated a committee to figure out exactly what the Great Commission meant. It's a directive. I mean, you just, you do it. That's what God said. You, that's what you go do, right? And, and, and when God says he wants us to live in and walk in abundance, that's what he means. And if you're not living in the abundant life God promises, listen to me, if you're not walking in the anointing of the Spirit, if you're not experiencing the fullness of God's presence and blessing in your life, don't blame God. Don't blame God. Sometimes the blessing is right before us, as was the case with the children of Israel. But we lack the attitude and the spiritual fortitude to go in and take possession of what God has given us. We need to, we need to walk in agreement with the one who calls things that are not as though they are. And, and we need to have a... A mindset, a kingdom mindset that will afford us the opportunities to walk in the fullness of God's blessing. So let me tell you, when you're standing on the edge of God's blessing, and, and I just, God is doing something amazing in this church. In, in the spirit, in the spirit, Pastor Lisa and I talk about this often. We sense like the the floodgate of heaven is swelling and and it's, it's bent in this direction. And it's just, it's waiting. And the word says... From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. I I believe that the Spirit of God is just waiting for some people who can get up and get over their own sense of self-pity and sorrow and and all those insecurities and insecurities. struggles with insignificance that they have going on in their lives and stand up and say no 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 that's not who God created me to be that's not who God says I am that's not what God says I can have I'm gonna get up out of where I'm at and I'm gonna march full on into the blessing and the promise of God for my life and I'm not gonna settle for anything less so you need to start with this confession Number one, I am. 
I'm not asking you to put yourself in the place of God. I know immediately your mind goes to the book of Exodus when God encounters Moses and said, you tell them that I am, that I am, has sent you. No, I'm just telling you to, to understand who you are. Just, it starts with I am. And I've got to tell you, there are so many failed philosophies that are aimed at bringing prosperity and blessing and freedom and liberty into the lives of people because they start with a negative confession of who I am. You ever heard of these programs where you go in and you sit down and you're supposed to say, hello, my name is Steve and I am. And then I name myself and identify myself with the malady with which I've been suffering. And I say, I am this. And they tell me that what my problem is, is that I have a disease that is incurable that's going to be with me for the rest of my life. And therefore, I continually and constantly confess my brokenness and my, and my inadequacy. And I constantly confess my deficiency and I stay bound. But the word says that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I'm not bound. I, I am not identified with my sin. I am not identified with my struggle. I am identified with my Savior who was crucified for me, who was buried and has been resurrected again and stands victorious over all of the maladies and the problems and the troubles and the anxieties that I face in this life that through him I can be made more than a conqueror. And, and, and the enemy lies. And he will have us to believe that we too have just got a little bit of religion. And we have somewhat rehabilitated ourselves to some degree. But deep down inside, we're still the same. But that is not what the Bible says. The Bible says that for you and I who are in Christ Jesus, that we have become something different altogether. The word says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and all all things have become new. The enemy tries to convince many of us that because of our past, we can never be useful to God and that we're not deserving of the blessing of God. No, we're not deserving of the blessing of God. But through Christ Jesus, we have the right to the blessing of God. Far too many people allow their yesterday to eat up all the blessing of today because some enemy has whispered in their ear. But I want to tell you something today, church. You're not who you once were. You're not what you once were. If you belong to Jesus, a new life has begun. You're no longer a stranger or a foreigner. You're no longer an alien to the kingdom of God. But you are the sons and the daughters of God. And as sons and daughters, you are heirs to the righteousness and the blessing of God. You're not an outsider to the family of God. You're not an individual who lacks rights to the blessings of the Father, but you have been given the power to be called the sons and the daughters of God. My children walk into my house. They don't live there anymore. But they go in the refrigerator 
They sling the door open. They stand there and let all the cold air out. And they get out whatever they want. And they sit wherever they want. And when they get ready to, they go in the closet and they take whatever they want. Because they understand that they're in their father's house. And as such, they have the right. Nobody's going to stop them from coming in and taking what they want or what they need. Or being blessed from the resource of the house. Because they know their right as the children. What I am. What you are is often confessed in a very counterproductive way. And I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you because we, we start a lot of I am sentences that end in a very tragic and terrible way. I am discouraged. I am tired. I am weary. I am sick. I am flawed. I am inadequate. I am defeated. I am burdened. And this unfortunately leads to the confession that I am depressed and I am disillusioned and I am despondent and I am ready to give up. But the truth of the matter today, church, is that it's not what I think I am. It's not what others say I am. It's not what my circumstance indicates that I am. But it is what the word of the Lord has declared that I am. And it says that I am an overcomer. I am victorious. I am saved. I am a child of the king. I am anointed. I am blessed. I am delivered. I am restored. I am redeemed. Oh, you can join me in praising the Lord anytime you get ready in this place. I am transformed. I am changed. I am healed I am empowered I am set free I am what I am by the all-sufficient grace of Almighty God and because I am I can because I am, I can. As a matter of fact, in Philippians 4.13, the Apostle Paul writes to the church and says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. People can do and are capable of a lot of things. God made a marvelous creation when he made you and I. The Bible says that we were created in his image. And we don't like to be told that we can't do things. How many of you like to be told that you can't do anything? If, if you're me, like being told that you can't is a surefire catalyst to propelling you towards it if it kills you. Right? I mean, anybody else? I mean, just tell me I can't. You'll find out I want to prove you wrong. Right? So, <laughs> and, and because of that, men have accomplished some amazing feats. I just, I, I, something that is a, a marvel to me is to walk through the city. Just, just go up to New York City and just, just look up. And just the I mean, you just feel so small. 
and, and just those amazing structures that reach up into the sky. Look up and see a jumbo jet flying over, you know, and you're just thinking to yourself, you're watching that thing come in for a landing, and it's moving so slow, and you're thinking to yourself, how does something that weighs tens of thousands of tons not just fall from the sky at that speed? But they don't. They, they take off, they fly to where they want, and they land. I, it's just, we put people on the moon. Today's technology will blow your mind. Most of us are just like we stand around and, you know, we, we feel like that we're living in the manifestation of the Jetsons and, and people's faces appear on our telephones and it's just, it's weird, okay? It's just weird. Like, I turned some lights on at my house this morning from my office. It's weird, Okay? But we can do all this. And I don't understand then why it is that people who are capable of so many different things in the natural, but when it comes to the things of God and what he wants to do for us, that suddenly the word can has an apostrophe and a T tacked on the end of it, and it becomes a can't with a capital C, and we just run around talking about what we can't do. Is anybody here this morning tired of being trapped by the word can't? Do you, do you know that Jesus never used the word can't? It wasn't a part of his vocabulary. He never said, you can't. Jesus is a can-do type of guy, and we, we can be the same because God's word says that we can be that kind of person when it says that with God, all things are possible. With God, all things. I want to read you that Philippians 4 passage from the message version this morning, just to highlight it here. And it says, whatever I have, wherever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. Do you see the correlation there in that verse between what I am and what I can? What I am and what I can. I can make it through anything. I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. We can do all things through Christ. That means everything that we do with Jesus involved in the details we can do. We can accomplish because the word of God says that we can. When we depend on Jesus and his finished work instead of ourselves, that's when and only when it becomes possible. Our limitations say no, but his strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. There are truths that have the promise of God behind them, truths that the devil has stolen from us long enough, truths that need to be reclaimed because I believe I am who God says I am and I believe what he says I can can do but here's the kicker you are who you are and you can do what God says you can do and that's a fine fine piece of knowledge but will you that's the operative question. Everything stated here too is just the fact of the matter. 
There's, there's really, whether, I mean, you know, we, we may or may not always have a clear view of it. But everything stated here too is just the absolute truth. If you're in Christ Jesus, you are a new creation. You are an heir of God. You are victorious. Whether or not you walk in it, that's up to you. But you are those things. If you choose something different, that's on you. And you can do the things that God said you can do. But the real question is, will you? But we need to know that because I believe I am who God says I am, and I believe what he says I can do, we need to then have an attitude that says, therefore, I will. We need to come to that resolution because some things just depend on you. Some things just depend on you. We have this wonderful knowledge of what we are in Christ and who we are in Christ, our standing in God's sight because of what Jesus has done in our lives, the power that is afforded us through the enablement of the Holy Spirit. And we possess, but if we possess knowledge without acting on it, it's of little use. You see, the victory that has been afforded us has to be enforced in our lives. Besetting sins must be forsaken. Warfare must be waged in Jesus' name. Our rights as the children of God must be asserted. We must not abide in fear. We must claim the peace of God over our lives, knowing that water is in the well, does little to quench the thirst until it's first drawn out and partaken of. While we're waxing nostalgic here, as a little kid, I grew up watching the G.I. Joe cartoons. And it, sometimes during that, at the commercial break, Joe would come up and he'd give this piece of advice. Because then, even things like that had a point. And, and he would give this little nugget of wisdom, and he'd say, at the end of it, he would always say, and now you know and knowing is half the battle. Now you know, and knowing is half the battle. Unfortunately, the other half is actually getting up and acting upon and in accordance with the knowledge that you have. See, here's the significance of faith. Is that it doesn't matter what we know, it's never going to be easy. I can, I can preach to you and I can be very enthusiastic and I can share with you and you can get excited as well and we'll all clap and we'll say, yes, pastor, that's a great word and thank you so much for encouraging us in that way. But you know what? It's done little if you don't get up out of this place this morning and walk in it. And regardless of how much we know, Regardless of how many times we've recounted the promises and processed the information, there's going to have to come a point when even though we don't see it, we trust and we know that God's working in our behalf and we're going to have to make a move. We may not know what's three steps down the process, but we know where God is leading and where God's prompting for the first step. And we have to take the first step. 
Maybe the first step is correcting some of these negative confessions in your own lives to start with. Maybe that's just a good starting point for you this week is to write down every time that you write, you say, I am, and it's followed up by something that's terrible. Pastor, you're making me feel good. Because when I got on something that's uncomfortable, I usually go and change it. Habakkuk chapter 2 says, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him. But the just, the just shall live by faith. And that's all well and good, and that touches us deeply and everything, but faith is a difficult thing. Because it requires us sometimes just to step out on what seems like nothing more than the word of the Lord. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, if that's you, bid me come. And we tell this story wrong because we say that Peter walked on the water. Peter didn't walk on the water because it's a metaphysical impossibility. Right? I mean, Peter walked on the word of the Lord. There will be times in your life that you will hear the Spirit of God beckon to you and say, get out of your boat, step out by faith, and you will step on what seems like nothing. But if you are standing on the Word of the Lord, it is a sure and a firm foundation. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This means that before we act there may be no tangible evidences of these things but we live by faith in the promises of God and we say I will Lord I will be faithful to my calling I will be faithful to serve the Lord I will not be defeated I will go where you send me I will follow Jesus all the days of my life I will worship the Lord whether I do or do not feel like it whether I do or do not like the song I will worship the Lord I will not turn back I will not give up I will hang on to the hand of Jesus Christ as he leads leads me through this world I will not recant I will not relent I will pursue him with every last fiber of my being until I walk into the promise and the fullness of what he's afforded me (laughs) do you hear the voice of the Lord calling to you as he did to the nation of Israel you can stand do you hear this morning the voice of the Lord calling to you and just beckoning It's time to head towards the promise that I've prepared for you. Do you struggle as well hearing a voice that says, I'm not, I can't, and I won't? Don't heed that voice. Don't give in to that voice. Don't don't yield your emotional spiritual space to that voice through Christ Jesus you are through Christ Jesus you can and the only question that remains then is will you say I will are you gonna say I will be victorious I want to close this way today 
every one of us has a next. Every one of us in this room right now is facing a border somewhere in our lives. There's a threshold that we have yet to step over. There's always more of God than we have previously known. And why we have to spend so much time wafting on the border, I don't know, but we do. But if you would say today, Lord, I want everything that you have for me. I want everything that's in store for me, that you've prepared for me, because I trust you. You've been good to me. I am looking to you for abundance in my life. I will be the head and not the tail. I believe in your plan and your promise for my life. I want you to do this. If, if you want that, we're going we're gonna to worship the Lord here in closing. And if that's you, just step out from where you are. Just begin to make your way around this altar. But as you come, I want you to come very purposefully. I don't want you to just stand here. This is an offering. We're coming to the altar today to make an offering. And the offering is everything that you have perceived. The giants, the fortified cities, the walls, everything that you have perceived as standing between you and the blessing of God. The thing that you have perceived in your life as being prohibitive to you entering into the fullness of what God has in store for you those things right now I want you to begin to lift up to the Lord and I want you to begin to say God here it is you know the things that have hindered me thus far and God you know what you have prepared for me and I sense your calling in my life towards it and God right now in the face of all these things I declare who I am and what I am according to your word I confess what I can do and with you Lord I know that I am able and all things are possible and God in this moment I commit that I will I will follow hard after you into the next level of blessing if that's you would you come would you come all of I, I believe this altar ought to be full this morning there ought to be people all the way across right now saying I'm tired I'm tired of being I'm tired of being swayed I'm tired of being tossed to and fro I'm tired of shifting directions being hot and cold I'm ready to be on fire for God I'm ready to be pursuing of his blessing in my life I'm tired of being discouraged and defeated Jesus 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 Hallelujah Hallelujah Jesus Hallelujah Declare it right now in the name of Jesus Lift your voice and call out to the Lord right now Oh God Oh God, we lay hindrances on the altar before you. We lay negativity on the altar before you, oh God. Lord, we lay past hurts on the altar before you.
God. We lay the judgments of others on the altar before you today, God. Lord, in the face of all these things, we declare your goodness in our lives, God.
victory for the battle belongs to you lord i'm gonna see a victory i'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you lord you know i like to do fun things <laughs> i like to enjoy varied activities but one thing that fills me with timidity is to try to engage in something with which I'm not familiar to try a new thing because I don't know the rules I don't want to look foolish whatever the case is you know I, I I don't want to like go someplace and be doing something that people who are more familiar with it are looking at me going. <laughs> and, and sometimes it'll even hinder me from doing certain things. Because I just don't know. Can I tell you that biblical illiteracy is a cancer to the spiritual life of a believer. Because if you're not in the Word, you don't know who you are. You don't know what God has said you're capable of. Therefore, you can have no resolution that you will walk in those truths. So I want to challenge you today at the close of this, mess, at the close of this service that you would make it a point to be in your word learning who God is and who you are in him and what his promises are towards you and you may even get to the point and be like huh I've been dealing with that for too long because I didn't know that that was available to me but now I do and I won't do that anymore Get in your word. I, 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 it is one of the great privileges of my life to be able to come in and share and preach the word of the Lord with you week to week. But can I tell you that one time on Sunday morning is not enough. Okay? It it's honestly should be a supplement to what you're already doing. Get in your word. Study. Understand who you are, what you're capable of in Christ Jesus. And then you'll be able to resolve what you will and will not do. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.